before I dismiss the kids, I'm going to invite all the kids and the young people up on the platform with me this morning before they go. All right? So, young people and kids, just line up all the way across here, would you? Please, thank you. Come on. Great. Come on, sweetie. I know, and that's not all of them. <laughs> and I've asked them to come up here be able to give definition to the message that I'm going to preach this morning. And that is, the future is behind us. The future is behind us. Understand now? Amen? Let's give these kids a real honor. Okay, kids, you can go to your classes. Thank you for helping with me with my preaching today. Amen. We have some verses that I want to just share with you this morning as we talk about this, uh, 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 this vision and the, uh, uh, the tomorrows of our lives uh, regarding, you know, both the natural and the spiritual, that the future really is behind us. And uh, I had placed a, um, what you call a... a, a you know, a fleece before the Lord. Uh, the timing of this, and and uh, uh, and he answered that fleece in a very, very, you know, just exactly what I had asked for. So that's why I'm going to go this route this morning. And uh, while there is, you know, not the normal attendance. Uh, we'll get the message, we'll get it out there, we'll get the seed sown, and uh, the future in vision. All right? So give me my first verse there, Andy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, talking about Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, in other words, they had passed on, they were no longer in earth. Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, 
nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. Thank you for the reading. There was so much contained in those passages of scriptures. And, you know, each one could, uh, we could spend time with those. But I just want to give you, uh, you know, something the Lord has placed upon my heart and, you know, uh, defining our future, defining what I believe is, is, should be the intent of our heart, the vision uh, that should be strongly incorporated into it. First of all, you know, I want to start with that God is a God of all generations. He's a God of all generations. You know, we discover in the scriptures, let me pray first. Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. We ask you to take this, this, these loaves and fishes and we ask you to break them, uh, bless them. And as we break it, may it be multiplied, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So anyway, <laughs> let me start with this. The gathered church is here to stay. The gathered church is here to stay. It will always, God will always have a place of gathering. Where two or three gather, there am I in the midst of them. Psalms 145, one generation shall praise the works to another. Whether it's home gathering in your family or the corporate gathering of the church. God's plan is that there are three generations in a given time frame that, is ga that gathers in the church. Three generations. See, God's plan is to always have generations doing life together. Acts chapter 2. And it shall come to pass. Talks about the outpouring of the Spirit. And notice the three generations. Your sons and daughters, which is one generation. Your young men and your old men. Then we go to 1 John chapter 2. I write to you, fathers, young men, and children. 
God's intent in a healthy church that there are three generations doing life together. Think about it. Sons, daughters, and old men. Fathers, young men, and children. Historically, in my time, which is the only time that I can really speak directly regarding, there has been many moves of God which are, have been wonderful. But oftentimes those moves of God are, are you know, in a segment of those three. In fact, as I was listening to uh, another preacher, happened to be a lady, and she grew up, found the Lord and grew up, you know, during the Jesus people movement, that outpouring in the great gatherings that were there. And then she went ahead and talked about not putting it down, but what was missing. She says, as I looked out over our church, there was a lot of fall in the category of young. But there wasn't any old. And she said, as a result of that, we made so many mistakes. So many mistakes. If we would have just had, you know, fathers, mothers, age group, doing life together. And I'm not going to stand here and fault one or the other. I'm just here to tell us what God's plan is. The best plan is that we do life together. That we are a generational-minded church that work and serve together. Not simply having you know, a youth department or a children's church or adult services, but a church that focuses on all three. Because he is a God of all generations. We can discover how this works together just in a small picture that I'll give you today. In the particular roles First of all, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember? Whenever God spoke, he would say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's interesting 
that we can discover that Abraham resources Isaac. Isaac releases Jacob. And Jacob reveres or honors Abraham. That working together of that three generations. Amen? If we insist on the ways of the, fast, of the past be our future, it has a very limited lifespan. It has the lifespan of you and me. But if we are interested in the future that's behind us, because that's where our future lies. All of those kids that were up here, the youth camp that we went ahead and just seed the promotion on, that's our legacy. That's our future. See, the future lies before us, but it comes after us. It comes after us. Oh, hallelujah. See, as we prepare for the next generation and their future, we don't prepare, you know, for our past. Because they are our future. Makes sense, right? You understand that. It's the same thing in a family. The future. Fathering. The future. Prioritizing the next generation. Paul gives some encouraging instructions to Timothy, who was a son, a next generation. And he says things like, the words you have heard from me. The impartation is in that conversation. The impartation is in the demonstration or the life being lived. We read the passage of Scripture, how it only took one generation to lose its spiritual heritage. Do you see any evidence or correlation happening today? in relationship to 
the worship of God. Has there been a diminishing? I asked the question. As a church, we must raise the future. That's what's going on in our Sunday school. That's what's going to be taking place in our youth camp. And that's what we're going to be doing even more so in this church. We raise the future. The most important mission of the local church is passing on the faith to the next generation. Making it a family affair. When Paul wrote to Timothy, it was in your grandmother. It was in your mother and now in you. He's describing a family affair. Statistics shows us that it's designed to be a family affair, Christianity. Think about it. Research, research shows that if father and mother attend church regularly, that is together, 74% of their children will end up being churchgoers. Woo! You shall tell it to the next generation. Communicate. Talk of the wonders of His grace. Talk about the experiences that you've had in life. And how God... You know, I can read the Bible, and I do, and I draw from them tremendously, but some of the most encouraging moments is the stories my mom and dad told me. What they had been through and how God had come through. It was how that they lived and loved See, children must not become a burden, but a generation that needs to be activated. Amen? Amen. I remember, this was years ago, more in my youth, and we had a, a youth minister come in and talked to us ministers, and he said, if you're not willing to have your walls wrecked, have crayons markings on your walls, then you won't have next generation. Next generation is, you know, is not optional. 
It's got to be priority. I love what Apostle John wrote as he was penning the, you know, the epistles. He said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. He wasn't talking about his, his own personal family, but he was talking about the family of God. That impartation, that truth had been, been set. You see, our greatest service to God in the world and our fellow man will be and is as we share our faith with those that come after us. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody talked about God to you. Somebody shared their faith. We're all here because of somebody believed that the future was behind them. You remember the story of Hannah. Her deep cry for a child. Why? What was her future? What was her future? This family was a spiritual family. It was a family that made worship special. They, they were sacrificial. But she recognized that a child was vital to her future. We must not love our model more than our mission. A model simply is the cart, the buggy. The mission is the travel. I thank God that you have not done that and God has helped us not to do that. God makes some wonderful guarantees. If we'll go ahead and really believe that the future is behind us and that if we'll work at making three generations work together, Here's what he promises us. Now, who is he making this promise to? He's making it to the father generation or the mother generation. The first generation. Train a child. And he will not depart. 
man, he, he's saying, I, I, you're going to have success. He says, he says you, you, if, you, if you teach it, you're Isaiah 54. Great will be the peace of your children. This is this is this 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 stuff right here is powerful. By the word of God, the worlds were framed. I believe that by the word of God, that God can keep our children. Proverbs 11 and 21, he says, says that the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. What's that mean? There'll be some challenging times. There'll be situational things that, you know what I mean? They're going to have to have divine intervention, but God says, I will see to it that they're delivered. He said in Isaiah 44 and 3, he says that he will, he will go ahead and, and, and pour his spirit on your descendants and the blessing on your offspring. And I love Acts chapter 2. For this promise is unto you and to your children. Hallelujah. We prepare the next generation for their future, not our past. Not our past. See, this is an adult class. You'll look around. We are the guardians of the flame of faith. We are the torch holders that hold the torch to be passed. We're not only called to run the race, we're called to keep faith ablazed. Generations, next generations, they, they need more than just us telling them. They need to be able to watch it in reality. They need to see faith in motion. Faith in overcoming. Faith in, in how you live. 
we pass on faith. We pass on the stories of God, the stories of Christ. But it's sad. It's sad when some are passing on hatred and unforgiveness in carnal ways. And they fail to input the thinkings of God and they allow room for the thinkings of the world. Those behind us are our legacy. Paul wrote, excuse me, not Paul, Moses penned Deuteronomy. And he lays out how important it is that we have the word in our heart and that we have that on display in life. You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand they shall be as frontlets before your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children. Speaking of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your Gates. You see, do as I say and not as I do doesn't work. We must be spiritual fathers and mothers. not just instructors. You have 10,000 instructors, but you only have a few fathers and mothers. It seems unreal when Paul writes to Titus in 2 and 4, I'm talking about the older women admonishing and teaching the younger women how to love their husbands and how to love their children. I thought that come natural. Well, you'd think so, but... But the great pull... the great self-life. Teach them how to nourish, protect, uphold, cherish, direct, and correct. We've got to be a pillar of strength 
in a world that's built on sand. We can't be just instructors. We must be fathers and mothers. Because it's about equipping people for, for life. Now, we don't have that next generation here with us this morning, but I will make this, this statement because it's also part of it, and that is, It's not just about us investing. It's also about they making a commitment. Joshua learned from Moses. Elisha had to cling to Elijah's side. But they're not here, so we will not teach them. But just so you know that, you know, a reasonable age, there has to be, obviously, accountability. Our legacy lies in our future. There's a story written in the book of Revelations to a church. It had a great future, a history. But it did not have an alive future. I know your works. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. I'm a, I'm a very gentle preacher. I think the Bible is a little tougher than I am. I think those pastors are a little tougher than I am. We're not going that way. We're not simply going to have a history of yesterday. We are going to be able to see the future as we look at those that are behind us. Now, let me say a couple of things here. It's not cleverness that reaches the generation. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's the Word of God. It's getting people spirit-filled. It is about the power of the cross. Despite us having mega churches And praise God for them. Despite having, you know, 
amazing Christian resources. America is becoming secular. And I might be able to say that it's not just becoming secular, it is secular. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. We have to learn how to build a bridge between the old and the new. Because that's what Melchiah chapter 4, verses 4 and 6 is telling us. He said, I'm going to come. And I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. He said, I'm going to come. And my Holy Spirit is going to go ahead and start to build bridges. And generation, generation, those three generations. So when you're praying for revival and believing for revival, you know what I mean? There are a number of signs of revival. And this one is paramount. Because he says, if the bridge is not built, the curse will overpower. It's not uncommon. I ask my musicians to come if they can. It's not uncommon for losses to happen in a lifetime. But the story of Job lets us know this, among many things, that there's restoration in future generations. You remember Adam and Eve? The future looked really dim until Seth came along. There had been a loss. There was no righteous future. But then, future was born. And it says that men began to seek the Lord. Whew. Give the Lord a praise, I'll tell you. God says, I'll never leave myself without a witness. 
Does it make any difference how dark the world gets? Does it make any difference, you know what I mean, the, 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 the slippery slide slope? God says, oh, you know, uh, he said this to me. He said, don't you think the Holy Spirit's capable? How many know some other things that the Holy Spirit was sent to do besides bless you? He said, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. It's his job to get to the world and their lifestyle and their hearts. It's my job, your job, to preach the word. I just think he's big enough. He has a history of turning things around, C.W. And for 200 years, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and God. wasn't an overnight thing and I say that just for encouragement this morning I know our hearts break as you stand with me this morning keys to recruit and invest. We must value the outsider as much as we value the insider. We must value relationship over set religious traditions. And we must have passion over polish. And we must preach Jesus over than just God. Do you understand that? God all you want but not Jesus oh hallelujah
we must embrace risk over certainty. And mission over money. We are the Abrahams. going to be a fundraiser for youth camp. We need the Abrahams to resource it. Amen? To resource it. Thank you, Jesus. future is behind us. The future left this segment of the service to go learn in a capacity, in a way that they could comprehend. And I know what my wife was teaching this morning. She was teaching about giving to God. Then she took money. It was her money. And she was demonstrating to them, we have this much God has given you. Here's what God is asking you for. And you still have some left over and you've made plans, and you want to use it for that, then all of a sudden, you hear that there's a need. A missionary has a great need. And at that time and most time, you make a decision. Will I make the sacrifice? Yeah. You do such a great job. Don't get me wrong. Don't give up on those behind you. We'll have to deal with their messes. We'll even have to fix their mess-ups. that God may have set you down in the midst of. They may not be your own, but God has placed them there for you to treat them as your own. Invest. 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 Oh, hallelujah.
future is behind you. Amen? An Abraham and Isaac and Jacob church. Three generations serving together. Hallelujah. And who has the greater position to make this happen? Abraham's. We can say no to the Isaacs. We can fail to release the Jacobs. But we not only interfere with our future, but we also interfere with their future. That's my vision. tend to work toward by your help by your grace together amen father we lift ourselves up to you we lift up Bible Center Church and we're so grateful for our history and for our past We're grateful for those that have gone before us. We're grateful for each one that stands in that position of power. But we're equally as grateful, Lord, for those that are coming up behind us. So we pray this morning for our future. Our future that's behind us. That out of them there will be Samuels who stand in the place where Eli used to. That there will be Timothys and John Marks of them shall the future be born we give you praise we give you honor and we thank you for it in Jesus name amen all right go with God hallelujah because that's the direction he's going